focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 17 to 20 in the service because we read the longer version in the first service. As for these young as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Somebody say all. all. Look at some say God can give you all. I don't like maths. I don't like maths. God can help you with the knowledge you need for the maths you need for your assignments. Sometimes it's not giving the knowledge because it's trying to tell you that that's not your assignment. So go to art class or go to another industry, go to another sector. But if he has called you to a place or you have the right heart posture for a place, even without hearing a voice from God, God is able to make grace abound toward you in that area. Oh, I, I'm good with the creative elements. I'm not good with money. He is able to help you in that area to either attract people who are better than you with money or to help you polish your accounting skills to the degree to which you need it. Daniel chapter 1 says in verse 17, God gave them all. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them. Somebody shout interview. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Raise your right hand and shout, You can be ten times better. Now shout the name again. You will be ten times better. Ten times better in knowledge. Ten times better in wisdom. Ten times better in character. Ten times better in loving your wife. Ten times better in raising your children. Ten times better in being an employee. Ten times better in being a pastor. Ten times better. Some of you already committed, committed his own to pastoring. Your personal angel has marked it down. <laughs> Do you see that now? We started up with roll the dice in the first service and I was able to deal with just the D in dice. And I don't want to go through all the details before. Uh, I went through before, but I was talking about the game of Ludo. The game of Ludo, right? where it's oftentimes a game of probabilities, but the fact that you have like a, a road four now, so I have six, six, three, three, that it's not the number of sixes you have that determines whether you win or not. It's also how do you order your, to your tokens or your tiles on the board? Who understands that? And so the fact that you have the right numbers does not mean you know how to order them. The fact that you have the right gifts and abilities does not mean you know how to order your life or to organize the resources that you have. When you read early in the book of Daniel chapter 1, you're going to see that the guys in the story, this beautiful people that we read about, study about, my part is freezing about, but it's unfrozen in the name of Jesus, right? The people that we read about, talk about, and, and 
you know, make references to in the Bible, in the book of Daniel chapter 1, the word says that they were gifted. Verse 4, he says, young men in whom there was no blemish. Verse 4, no blemish, but good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So giftedness is not enough. Shout aloud that giftedness is not enough. I want to shout with confidence, with boldness, with acuity, with intensity. Say, Damilola, your giftedness is good, but it's not enough. One of the challenges of the gifted person is that he has a tendency of being drunk on his giftedness. He has a tendency of feeling so cool and smoking so high on his giftedness that he feels at least I'm gifted. I'm failing, but I'm gifted. I don't have money, but I'm gifted. And none really all that. I'm not popular, but I'm gifted. But God is going to ignite your gifts with a tremendous degree of power and intensity. I speak prophetically that something is exploding in your spirit right now. You will feel a rising surge. It's going to be like like a volcanic eruption it's going to be like a fountain a release of your compressed abilities in the name of Jesus I'm not sure if the people I'm talking to are right here but if you're one of them I wish your amen will be louder and stronger that it looks like your gifts have been compounded pulled back pushed back how many of you have done it before when you wanted to open the wine bottle the non-alcoholic wine bottle and then you had to shake it like this you shook it for a while and after after a while, you are able to pop the cover. I proclaim prophetically, God is popping the cover of your bottled abilities, bottled gifts, bottled graces, bottled strength in the name of Jesus. So that as your friends have been telling you, know, you're a very good writer, and I don't really think so. That whole false humility is broken over your life. That whole false humility, when they say, you know, you're a fine boy, and I'm just trying to, well, yes, you are a fine boy. The word says that this boy Boys, look at it. There was no blemish. Say, uh huh. Whatever I shout, say, uh huh. There was no blemish. There was no blemish. Good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand. Who had ability to serve in the king's palace? Who said is not? Plenty. Well, let me tell you, I'm talking about you. I'm talking, about, is it possible? Somebody goes, hey, well, I have a few blemishes, but I'm wise. I'm good looking, but I don't possess knowledge. I'm actually wise, but I'm not quick to understand. No, God is able to give you all the dimensions, all the aspects, all the entirety. Why would God give you your DSTV without the satellite dish? Why will he give you the decoder without the dish? Why will he give you the dish without the decoder? God is not a mediocre installer. He's not. He's able to give you all of that. And so we spoke about all this, that they were gifted, but that was not all that was necessary. There were certain things that they had to do. You may be seeing them in the first verse. We looked at the first one, which was D. And D was what? Shout aloud. What's D? That's the first thing. Diligence. And I said that diligence is like what kind of instrument? A digger. God gives you a portion of land. 
but he does not dig out the gold in it for you. God gives you, see, Isaac had a covenant with God, but who dug the wells? Isaac, he had a covenant. Prosperity increase, salvation will come through your lineage. But he had to dig the well. Somebody shout, I'm going to dig my well. Diligence is the digger that unearths the hidden treasures that exposes the deposits of the divine in your spirit. But diligence is not enough. Why? You can be diligent and diligently wrong. You can be diligent and diligently misguided. That's why it says, seest thou a man diligent where? In his business, he will stand before kings. In other words, diligence in somebody else's business does not guarantee you standing before kings. Get it, get it. Guys at the back, get it. It's because some of you here got it first. Then, hey, then. Everybody's got to get it. What is your business? Your business is your God-given assignment in the moment. So if you're an employee, front desk is your business if you are the receptionist. Your business is not the Ewedu and Kuli Kuli Mellow. You are selling. That's not your business. Your business is what God has called you to do in that season. Why does it change? Because you're in the kingdom army. And when you're in the kingdom army, how many of you know redeployment is expected? Some of you are expecting salary at a place where they've already posted you out of. Because the God that sent Elijah to the brook Cherith was also the one that said the brook is drying up. And so for some of you, the problem is not that you didn't hear God. It's that you are not hearing him now. So the brook has dried up. So you notice that person that used to give you 50k every other month, he's not giving you again. The brook has. The company that used to give you that training job or contracting job or that other kind of design job or recruitment job or HR job or food business job, they're not calling you again. It could be that the brook has. And for some of us, we were the ones that dried up the brook because brooks can dry up when water evaporates or when there's so much dust. So you can dry up a brook by yarning dust. And some of y'all didn't get that now. Talking out of turn. Some of you are working with clients that are very private, that don't want their information online, and without their permission, use their face as testimonial. The brook has dried up. Oh, come on, somebody. You are forward, you are very eager that because your client was a billionaire, you're working with a private investment firm and you want the whole world to know some of your clients are not supposed to be known. Yes. Otherwise, the people that should know you will not know you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can I talk right now? This brings me to the next point. The D is diligence, the I is intelligence. Working hard in an assignment that God did not send you to will not command the favor of heaven. Working hard on a future assignment in the now while shaking the responsibilities of the now will not engage the favor of God in that space. This is the reason the psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Why? It's not just enough to apply my hands unto hard work. I must apply my heart unto wisdom. If I apply my hands to hard work, I can only get what my hands can give me. But if I apply my hand unto wisdom, I will get what God has ordained for me. Why? He has set eternity in my heart. So the way I'll do that is I have the intelligence to interpret opportunities. 
So in that text we used during Occupy, remember Luke chapter 19, one of them went to go and hide the talent, hide the gifts, the mina, you remember that, the mina that the master gave him. He was not intelligent enough to know that when God gives you a mina, he has a city in mind. Because the five, can you remember, the one who had five and multiplied the five, he said, give him what? Five cities. So when God gives you a mina, he's thinking about the city. What you have in your hand is not all God has for you. The intelligence. The intelligence. There's a company I've done business with in several millions. But guess what? My first one or two things I did for them, I did not send an invoice. It was pro bono. It was supposed to be free. The intelligence to know that sometimes before you ask for a fee, you give them something for free. But for some people, the first time you're meeting somebody, you're already looking at how you're going to mine them, use their relationships, augment your personal paraphernalia. Somebody say, I'm intelligent. Shout loud, I'm intelligent. Intelligence speaks of insight beyond the obvious. So you remember in school, during examination, <laughs> they serve the answer sheets and all of that. And how many of you caught yourself at some point, you were seeing the questions, but you were not seeing the question? <laughs> Come on, be honest. If you're not writing, you can wave your hand. You were looking at the questions, but it seemed like, mayhaps. <laughs> per adventure. It's like, like, I'm not quite on what's going on. <laughs> Elder said, did they teach us this one? <laughs> you have been there before like okay like like sunday nights during review somebody's reviewing the message post some point like ah was this this week's message <laughs> i didn't hear this part so it happens as well it happens in school in school you're like really let me check the title of this exam is this chg or is it gst because the question is looking funny why you didn't have the in intelligence to interpret the question let alone supply the answer many of us fail at question level so you are answering but answering a miss let me give you an example how many of you did english maybe in jam or something and you were in your mind you are smashed jam you're like who's jam <laughs> you are jam and bread we we'll eat ourselves Jam, yeah, jam and butter. Jam, I'll finish you today. Kill you now. Finish him. Then you go now. Your friends are like, hey, yeah, so that English part, you know, I was just really struggling to find the antonyms of that, those words. Eh? Anto what? <laughs> Anthony? <laughs> you said it was synonym now. It was synonym, not Anthony. Sin, Nimoni. 
you were answering synonyms, but the question was antonyms, and there were 10 questions. Somebody shout, I'm intelligent. Isn't it interesting that life is asking you a certain set of questions, but because you have an assumption that you understand life, you are answering amiss. You are thinking in antonym mood when you should be in synonym mood. Are we seeing this now? There were three words used in this chapter, three words that were used in this chapter that many people, especially in Nigeria, dread. Number one, test. The word says they were tested. Number two, examine. The word says they were examined. Number three, interview. In this, have you seen that before? Tested, examine, and interview. Why? These three levels are to determine your degree of intelligence and readiness. Even though many of us hated it in school, you cannot escape it in life. Life will test you because we don't know what you don't know until we test you. Oh, come on somebody now. We don't know what you don't know. You see, we can know what you know if we don't test you. Because what some of us have learned to do is that we have learned to always push what we are confident about and to hide the areas where we need to grow, where we are similarly deficient. So you always end up every conversation with the topic you have mastered. Oh, can I talk right now? I don't want to shake no table. Of course, drive what you're confident about. Of course, do that. But notice this. It takes many things to make any one thing work the best way. It takes many things. Somebody say test. Many of us don't want to be tested. Many of us act as if we're not being tested. <laughs> you know there's a way you can act as if you're not being tested. The student who pretends he does not know the day for the exam has already failed. It's like, ah, eh, there's exams tomorrow. I didn't know. Life does not reschedule your papers because you're not ready. Just so keep saying, I'm not ready. Eh, no problem. <laughs> readiness is part of the test. That's why there are tests called readiness tests. Some of y'all don't know that. IELTS takers, TOEFL takers, GMAT takers. GRE takers. Some people don't even know what all of those things mean. <laughs> Please be a king. Some people are GRE, eh? That's Gary now. My Gary test. I always pass my Gary test with Kulikuli and Ekpa. <laughs> and live in GRE. Intelligence. What does the word say concerning Daniel? The word says, now I want to observe what the word says. It says that God was the one that gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. God gave them knowledge and skill. So God gave them something, but Daniel, the word says he had understanding. What does that mean? God, Daniel used the knowledge and skill that God gave him to understand what men were asking him. Skill and knowledge from God. Understanding he developed in dreams and visions. Somebody say I'm intelligent. 
doubt it not, we said in the first service, poverty is not a parcel that a demon delivers to anybody's doorstep like an Amazon delivery man. And if there's any spirit in quote of poverty in your family, it is not a demon called poverty. <laughs> it is a set of thinking patterns, beliefs, decisions, indecisions, actions, and inactions that somebody opened a door to in your lineage and then compounded it through years of not taking responsibility to reverse it and then you were raised in that system so psychologically you were predisposed to certain things that you have now called the generational curse oh can I talk right now I'm not saying demons are not real but let, let's look at how demons hide for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principles and past against rulers of wickedness and, and heavenly places and That's a different verse, but that's actually more of the aligned verse. It said that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness. And then it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not, but mighty through, to the pulling down of, casting down. So look at this now. What are principalities? Princes over municipalities. Governing influences. The prince of the power of the air at work in the sons of disobedience. That also we were children of wrath. So how does the prince of the power of the air work? Through the air. What goes through the air? Internet goes through the air. Media goes through the air. Tel telcos, telephones go through the air. Are we following this now? So how do these spirits work? They put things in the air. So education, what you're browsing on the internet, what you're looking at, what you're watching, the metrics and analytics. Now, when the big tech companies gather the data, they are able to suggest to you what you should buy so that you are browsing a page on Facebook, you go on Instagram, and that same product or something very similar is popping up. That is a human being who has lived for 60 or 70 years. Demon spirits have been gathering data on your family lineage for centuries. Are you getting this? So they know what made your great-grandfather lose his cocoa farm. And even though you don't have a cocoa farm now, you have chocolate. Coconani. You have a chocolate business or export business. They know exactly the permutations, the iterations, the combinations, the forces and factors they need to galvanize to move your mood from being excited to being depressed. Are you following this? Somebody shout intelligence. Please listen, you are dealing with an intelligent enemy. The devil was so intelligent that to bring you down, he studied you. This is the reason he didn't just tempt Jesus when he was a baby. He tempted him not just when he was an adult. He tempted him when he was vulnerable. Are you understanding this? Do you know that Facebook measures your mood? Why do you think they have emojis? Heart, thumbs up, faces. So they will iterate that. So they know what you do when you're moody. So that when your moody sample will start browsing chocolates or food. So they know that when they want to advertise food, it's between three and six. For many Lagosians, it's between six and nine because you are stressed. 
You're not getting this. Stress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you listening? Somebody say, I'm intelligent. So when they're in heavenly places, hosts of wickedness, they're a group. What they are releasing into the air is they're cascading the information they want you to buy. This is the reason, watch, the word of God is called the sword of the spirit. Can I ask you, is sword used to play with people? So why do you play with the word? The sword is to fight while you have a real enemy, an intelligent enemy. And this enemy is intelligent enough to know about Super Mario and video games that you need to have backup of backup of backup. So he comes to Jesus and Jesus is vulnerable and is tired. Guess what? The first temptation was not about I want to sleep with a woman. Because there's a level of fasting and hunger that can dissolve any kind of stiffness your body intends to bring up. Oh, come on. Somebody talk to me. Have you fasted your way into celibacy? No, every part of your body is humble. Low and beholding the things of God. Oh, can I talk right now? Some of y'all are not smiling well enough because you know where the Lord delivered you from. In fact, I'm saying this now. Some of you are like, ah, me, I was even fasting, but we still did it. You did not reach 40 days. When is 40 days? Your prayers will be lying prostrate on the floor so he didn't bring a woman at that point because his intelligence system said this one is hungry it's food he needs then it went over the food and then it said okay people that have conquered food people that are not looking at pedestrian matters what they want is influence social influence notoriety so some people will actually steep, uh, uh, skip food to gain popularity so let's offer him popularity and influence. Somebody shout intelligence. intelligence. You cannot be unintelligent when you're fighting an intelligent enemy. And you cannot. That's why if you study yourself, you will discover the cycles in your life. Cycles of financial boom. Cycles of financial complexity, cycles of academic struggles, cycles of marital attacks. The enemy does not just attack you randomly. Seven out of ten times. It's a pre-programmed system that has studied you, your dad, your mom, your granddad for many generations. And so we need to be intelligent in also combating that. But beyond that, in the workplace, in the market space, we need to be intelligent. Somebody say, I'm intelligent. Let me show you something interesting. <laughs> now, when you're intelligent, are you excited about tests or not? Anytime you are afraid of these three words, I love the look on your faces. That, that's a deep scholastic look. And may the Lord honor your heart in the name of Jesus. What's your name? Shout your name. Tolu. My name's sake. That's my middle name. <laughs> right? May the Lord honor you. If you're afraid of tests, examinations, or interviews, it's either, watch this, you are not prepared, you don't know your potential, or you're polluted. A life that is scared of scrutiny is a life that is hiding something. Oh, come on. 
Why are you all so quiet? How many of you know that many people in this generation, they have a veil? They have a mask. Ask me this one, but don't ask me that one. Because if you ask me that one, line will be busy. That's why Peter says, examine yourselves, whether you still be in the faith. Test, examination, and interview are three layers that God allows for the purity of your inner life to find amplification. Because when you are scared of being tested, is it that you are not prepared? You don't know your true potential? <laughs> Go now. <laughs> Go now. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. One day is the problem of the mule. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Is the problem of the horse. He says, don't be like the horse. Because when it says, don't be like the horse, some people now take the stand. Let me not say anything. They say, why do you always talk? Let me not say anything. M mule. He says, no. Wisdom is understanding the benefit of tension. What's tension? I don't talk too much. I don't talk too little. Strength is in tension. A lot of people want extension, but they don't understand tension. What's tension? I can laugh with you, but I can correct you. It's tension. If I correct you all the time without laughing with you, you think I hate you. If I laugh with you all the time without correcting you, I can't lead you. Yeah. See? Only my wife is appreciating me. Thank you. Thank you more. What's the problem they have? Is it a problem of speed they have? What does the word say they have as a problem? Understanding. understanding. Information is different from understanding. So when you get to a circle at work, your first one month or two months is not imposing what you knew about that kind of business. It's understanding how this particular organization interprets the industry and carry out what they do in that space because the reason some people are stuck is that you got into a new environment with an old mindset and you rock the boat but nobody told you because in church we're going to tell you at work they don't tell you they talk about you behind you so you don't understand the problem is not that you don't have power or potential or possibilities or prospects. That's not the problem. The problem is you don't understand how to segment, distribute, allocate, wield, channel, influence. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to look for three people, nudge them and tell them don't be like the horse or the mule. Interesting thing. The horse, he impulsively rushes ahead. The mule stubbornly refuses to move at all. The rider has to control them with bit and bridle. Otherwise, the horse will charge ahead and the mule will lag behind. Sometimes, 
we can be like that as well. We rush. Then when you know we run to a brick wall, ever say, let me not do anything. It is that tension. That's why it says, I will guide you with mine eye. Now I wanted to I was talking to somebody late last night into the early hours of this morning. Somebody was in a very peculiar space um, that I'd known from way back, right? And so I was trying to help him see a couple of things. And I said to him, because he and God right now, they're working on some stuff together. Amen. <laughs> so, so I said to him, I said, see, God has surveyed all the possible scenarios of your life. All, everything you could ever do based on your composition, everything that could ever be done to you, all the challenges, all the struggles, all the weaknesses, everything. God has surveyed everything. Watch this. And an instruction, his instruction to you is the announcement of his best case scenario for you. <laughs> if you understand this, everything changes. God's instruction to the believer is the announcement of God's best case scenario for the believer. Anything apart from that is him just trying to help you out of your stubbornness or indiscipline or laziness. He says that this ones they have to be, which must have their mouths held firm with beats and bridle or else they will not come with you. Somebody say, I'm not the horse. I'm not the mule. I'm a child of God. I have the spirit of wisdom. I have understanding. I have capacity. Number three. Somebody say, I've got the eyes. So when I say, who's got the eyes? I've got the eyes. Who's got the eyes? I've got the... Who's got the eyes? Who's got the eyes? It wouldn't sound like you have the eyes. Dice, but in this as we're treating the ice part of dice. Number three, competence. That's the C there. Dice, D-I-C-E. Competence. Now don't forget, God doesn't roll dice, but it determines outcomes. And in God's Ludo game, every side can win. Including the person that is playing 1 1, 1 1, 1 1, 1 1, 1 2, 3 1, 3. Because the fact that you had a 2 1 in life does not mean you will not end up with a 2 1 in Ludo. Or 2 1 in school. Does not mean you'll end up with a 2 1 in Ludo. Competence. I want to see this now. Competence. The ability to do something masterfully. No mediocrity. Because if Christ is my boss, what happens? Excellence because my natural expression. I cannot say I'm doing something in the name of God and I'm not doing it well. It's an aberration to the name of the God that I claim to serve. So, Daniel chapter 5, 11 to 12. Daniel 5, 11 to 12. See what happened. They said there is a man. I wanted to see this now. The thing about competence is that competence announces you in your absence. Oh, I wish that amen could be louder. Because the person speaking here is not Daniel. 
It is somebody else. Now, it's okay for you to print your business cards, have a company logo, set up a blog, a vlog, a website, and do all those personal branding secrets and implement them with diligence and all of that. But see, your real brand is not what you say about yourself. It's what people are saying about you, particularly in your absence. Because most people are not authentic enough to tell you what they don't like about it to your face, but they're going to tell their thousands of followers on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and every other place where they can find. But the words are here that somebody was the one recommending Daniel. So the real wealth of the believer in the marketplace is not based on one-time transaction, it's based on referred transactions. He says, there is a man in your kingdom. Let's read this together. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the Holy God. Read it louder. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, cowardice. In other words, please stop saying to me or anybody that the reason I'm not progressing on the job is that there's a witch in my office. Dewitch the person. Because this man, he became chief of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. In other words, he was operating Ephesians 1, 19 to 21, as far back as Daniel chapter 5. Where he says concerning Christ that he has been raised above all principalities and powers, including the ones that manipulate and govern the elements, the stars, the astrologers, he was above them. Please stand on your feet right now. Say, I'm above all. Shout aloud with confidence. Say, I'm above all. Say the Bible says, he that is from above is above all. Shall the same the word of God says, he that is from above is above all. Therefore, you are above all in intelligence, in wisdom, in understanding, in capacity, in strength. If you believe it, give God praise on that right now. There is a man in Lagos. Can they say that about you? Oh, there's this lady online. Oh, there's this guy who blows the sacks. Oh, there's this gym fitness instructor. Oh, there's this event planner. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is what? Can I ask you a question? The person that was speaking, did he read the Torah? Did he know the writings of Abraham? Did he follow the journey of Noah? He was not in the lineage of faith, but he looked at a man with a level of competence and he said this one, there is the spirit of the Holy God. In other words, through your competence, somebody can come to recognize more of divinity. 
Oh, that amen sounds hungry. It sounds like you're not ready. This is in your Bible. This is not some kind of tales by moonlight. He said that they said that there's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the Holy God. Lord, make this house so filled with wisdom, so filled with power and capacity. Not in banking, in politics, in real estate, and digital marketing, and data mining, in analytics. There is going to be the obvious evidence of the hand of God. Oh, that amen sounds like somebody's not ready. Yeah, my boss is a witch. Dewitch him. Oh, his wife is the problem. The problem her. Place a demand on your new nature. Stop placing a demand on the arm of flesh. The Bible says the arm of flesh will fail, including yours. Oh, you didn't get that. The arm of flesh will fail. Competence. Since we made it, they made him in the, your father's day. Now look at this now. This is Nebuchadnezzar's son. So the competence of Daniel was not limited to the regime of Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, a generation passed, but my guy was still sharp. Oh my God. Where are your voices this morning? Oh, before my former boss, I used to be very active, but this one, how will you allow another human being regulate your competence when your real boss is Christ? Constant, steadfast, always abounding. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that there is a shift in your thinking. There's a shift in your competence level. There's an activation of hidden abilities. There's a moving from mediocrity to the next level of deliverables. If it's not you I'm talking about, do nothing if it's you. Help me go to three, but tell them you have to be competent. When you make clothes, make them well. When you bake, bake the cake well. When you're counting money, count as well. If you're working in the bank, stop being the person whose credit is not balancing all the time. Why always you? Why? If you are cutting somebody's hair, don't cut their head. If you are the bolt driver, don't carry them past their de destination and say, well, eh, it has already passed. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Please, I'm going to look at somebody. Say, don't let me catch you with mediocre work. Don't let me. Don't let me catch you with mediocre work. Don't let me catch you with something that is not top notch. Don't let me catch you. Reduce the number of revisions your line manager makes on a deliverable. Don't be that person that the manager renders, ah, this one, if you write email, I'm as well writing myself. Because the number of back and forth. Let me just write it. Be the person who lifts the burdens of your leaders. Number four, for time's sake. Excellence. Somebody shout, I'm dicing it. Excellence. What's excellence? The quality of being outstanding. Extremely good. Outstanding. In as much as an excellent, verse 12 of that Daniel 5 says, in as much as an excellent spirit. Now, I want you to understand this now. A lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of excellence. No. Because in this the Holy Spirit is a spirit, 
of excellence. But it's not the spirit of excellence the Bible is saying here. Because a lot of people believe that if I'm filled with the spirit of God, I have spirit of excellence. No, the reason I know that is that in verse 11, he said the spirit of the Holy God, give us verse 11, leaves in him, capital S there. The spirit of the Holy God. Now verse 12 is a small spirit. So that spirit is not an embodiment or a personality. It is a culture, an attitude, a pattern, a system of operation. Because you can speak in tongues and be embarrassing the kingdom of God with your mediocre work. So the spirit there is an excellent spirit. This person takes his work so diligent and so seriously that when he does something, there is something extremely good about it. Somebody say, that's me. Your pastors cannot be doing great work in the books we're writing and the things we're doing and the ministry we're leading. And then in the workplace, they'll be like, eh. So you go to Kings too, eh. We're not quite kingly. Say, so who's your pastor again? And his speed dance. This speed dance, Pastor Damien. Are you serious? He's your pastor with so much wisdom. But you're alive. And don't let me talk, Sha. God knows how he arranges things. Don't be the reason somebody explains away things for God. Say some, some gods too, do have them. He said that in Daniel, watch this now. In as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpret, interpreting dreams. What's the next line? What's the next line? Shout aloud. What's the next line? Shout aloud, what's the next line? If you've been working in a place for two months or a month and you have not solved a riddle that predicted your entry there, you're minimizing your possibilities in God. What's a riddle? Something that's been difficult for anybody to do. So your boss says, ah, this customer retention problem we've been having. We've been having it for three years, oh. You might be like, thank God, it was before I got here. It's none of my business. That's a riddle. Anything your leader mentions in public more than two times is a redo. Either he does not know how to do it or he knows how to do it but he doesn't have the time. And the scale of priorities is not willing to devote the attention. The way you advance in a space, find the redo there and solve it. You become a cheap hero. Some of you might not be aware. In the ministry I was raised and I'm blessed to have served in. <laughs> house on the rock some of you don't know the first the first voiceover for the experience for the first two years for the experience i wrote the script for it 2006 i was pastoring on campus and then church office one of those days and then pascala was talking to a media person pascala oversees the administration operations and then does a lot of the media work and all of that and they were like oh we need to do a montage and everything I think I can write though because I've been composing text messages and all of that. That's why you don't complain about assignments that are given to you outside of your core or your job description. Some of you, your JD has become your prison. It's not my JD. It's not my JD. It's not my JD. It's none of my business. What you are saying is I'm not open to promotion outside of my predictable pathway. Wrote the script for it. 
pro bono, and I didn't send an invoice. <laughs> and most people don't know about that. And there are many other things. What's the riddle in your space? What's the riddle? So you get to heaven and you see that, ah, maybe 5,000 people got saved at that experience. My own portion of reward to be 15 out of the 5,000 people. Because in God's account, if you didn't write the script, they might, they might not have come. Some of you think that is by holding microphone. You'll be shocked. You'll shock you. In heaven, speech and price given day. Ah! Best in punctuality. Best in secret giving. Best in being hurt and forgiven. People don't like that one. Best in... Somebody shout excellence. The point I wanted to make here is that explaining enigmas were found. So he, he was multi-layered here because he had knowledge, understanding, interpreted dreams, which takes patience, right? Solving riddles takes patience. Explaining enigmas because some of you, the problem is you know how to do it, but you don't want to teach anybody. Because if I teach them, they'll take my shine. That's because you don't know how bright your light is. Because teaching them is part of your shine. <laughs> Folks are not ready. They think I have to code edit. You're not a programmer. Stop coding. And explain that enigmas were found in this Daniel. Somebody say this Daniel. Daniel. Say this Daniel. The Holy Spirit was in him, but these things were found in him. How were they found? People were searching his life. Asking questions. Bombarding him. By the way, blessed are you when people in need are looking for you. It means they see value in you. Why are they looking for me? Why is my, why is if you're like me and you receive about co collection in my ecosystem, receive almost 400, between 300 and 400 messages within 24 hours. That's email, text message, WhatsApp, IG. Blessed are you. That means on a daily basis, within people that have access to you, 300 of them believe that there is some wisdom or insight that you have that can help their lives question I want to ask is who is looking for you because if nobody's looking for you maybe they don't see knowledge in you maybe they don't see understanding maybe they don't believe you can interpret their dreams maybe you're not solving any riddle including how to keep yourself <laughs> maybe you're not explaining enigmas somebody say I have the spirit of excellence whom the king named Belteshazzar. What did he say? Now, let Daniel be called. And what will happen? In other words, Daniel has entered into a zone of predictable performance. You don't need to give him time. He will interpret it. You don't need to conjure anything. See, he's full of the spirit of God and in him we have found it. We sent him questions, he solved them. We sent him puzzles, he resolved them. We sent him riddles, he exposed them. We asked him for enigma, he explained it. He was not rude to the answer. He knew the answers. He said, call him now. 
this guy, he will give the interpretation. Somebody say, I have the spirit of excellence. Daniel 6, 1 to 3, and then we close. Daniel 6, 1 to 3, and we close. Kadozabanga Shiva Hasas. Daniel 6, 1 to 3. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over all the kingdom. And over these, three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel, what did he do? Oh, mama, mama, mama. I'm closing now, see if you're not responding to the word. This is the opportunity. You know, many Africans, we don't like this one. We like, in 24 hours, somebody. Now, that has happened to you many times. How come you still need 24-hour miracle? After receiving quite a few of such, it lets you know that God did not design you to live by 24-hour miracles, but he designed every, 20, every one of your 24 hours to be a miracle. Because you can make it so. You can program your life into predictable productivity, predictable performance, predictable excellence. Then this Daniel, what did he do? What did God give him in chapter 1? Knowledge and wisdom. Skill. Chapter 5, the spirit of God was in him. Chapter 6, he now distinguished himself. That's the Pauline level. Paul says, I labored more than the apostles. In other words, all the apostles are great, they're good. But if this is what God called me to do, I will do it the best way. That any other person that is doing it will look at me and draw inspiration. He distinguished himself. Now, distinguishing himself is not just about doing a logo. Because most people have reduced personal excellence to logo. But can I ask you, can you reproduce Dangote's logo as we're speaking? Don't you have to think a little bit for you to remember what it looks like? Distinguish himself above the governors and satraps. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave, come on people read this, gave thought to set in him. Let me tell you something you might not know. Any leader you are serving has a thought about you. And any leader you're serving will think more about you than you think they are thinking. And for most people, those thoughts are not the best of thoughts. In other words, a lot of leaders will think about the people they are thinking about and say, I wish this person could catch on more. What it means that it makes it easy for you to distinguish yourself by making the leader think about what else can I set you over. Because if a heathen king was thinking of setting Daniel over, let me tell you, God is thinking of what else he can set you over. But the little he has set you over is seeing how you're despising and ignoring and coming late to it, not being punctual with it, excusing yourself out of it. He's saying, well, I know. Got to catch on. This word distinguish himself means that Daniel did certain things. So if everybody was writing the letters right, he wrote his own faster. He wrote his own faster. If everybody was writing their letters faster, he made sure that his own was on a different kind of paper. 
He didn't just type it on one light, fairly, fairly 60 gram paper and roll it into a brown envelope. He found conqueror paper. Distinguish. Distinguish. Roll the dice. What's the D? Can you stand? Let's do it together. What's the D? Shout a louder. Shout a louder. Who is diligent? Call your name. Who's diligent? You must become synonymous with those four words in every organization, environment, community you join, serve, work with. People you contract for. And I'm not teaching what I'm not doing. Go and ask anybody I do work with or work for in ministry or beyond the four walls of ministry. Beyond the four walls of ministry. I wish I had enough time to show you what somebody sent in a corporate organization. Said, said, I love this report. It's so brilliant. And I, you know, he said, said, I love, she said, I love the quality of this report. And it came early. What that told me immediately is that many of their contractors don't either do that quality. Let me just, I'm not trying to propose, but who's seen my slides before? Training slides before. Do they look normal? Why bother? Dice. Why bother? Dice. Why prepare more for you every week? Why? Many of you have not been in Kings longer than a year or two, so I could go and microwave a hot message. Microwave. I'm not saying God cannot lead you. God can lead you to an old message to preach it. He can. But I can microwave one of the... How many messages have we preached now? I preach a different... Maybe about 300 now. So 50 Sundays a week. That's 50... 50 Sundays a year. Right? Over. Yeah, so 52. And let's assume we need to travel once or twice or something. So 100 messages every year for almost three years. Two years. What's the I in it? Who's intelligent? Some of you know that it takes a longer period for you to absorb. You know that. What it means is you have to prepare earlier. Because what's not my understanding two hours might take you four hours. So start earlier. And as you do that, the Lord will begin to unlock grace to shorten the time. Because part of what has happened is that some of us, we've not used certain muscles that we have, like recollecting faces or names or numbers that I don't remember. You haven't tried. You haven't intentionally made it a target. You haven't watched enough videos. There's a guy called Jim Quick. And what he does is help, he helps people with their brains, how to maximize your brain. And it's amazing how I said Jim Quick, and I was hoping at least some people will write that name down quickly. Some of you already know him. Master Life, Master Life, I can't remember Bible verses. There are no videos online that teach you how to remember memory verses. Many. C is what? Com who's competent? E is what? Who's excellent? Pray this for into your life in a minute or two. 
I am diligent. Don't say I will be, say I am. I distinguish myself. When I roll those dice, I'm not gambling. It's a sure banker. It's a sure winner. When I roll dice like this, I'm not gambling. In God's economy, I am diligent. I am intelligent. I am competent. I am excellent. Just one more minute. Zabogale sovrahatasius. Ulanga zedo shamrahatas kalaba. Evrus katosilabati shamrahatas. Zola da kabati sumrahatasilagadus. Jusi galato vrizabalia sumra akosokotoko shondo. Egruza dovli zamali katakatala. Resoto vizonglos kodoshi. Edobako zali zagadoda. Ratatakatako zila davate konda brazumalia. Ezo shanda gataviso. In the name of Jesus, we are a diligent house. We are flowing in the power of God. We are a diligent people. We are operating with the spirit of excellence. We are operating with the spirit of excellence. We are competent in the things that we do do. In Jesus' name, our Father and our God, we thank you for blessing us so. We are grateful for the spirit of excellence that is in us. We walk with that consciousness, and it's not just going to be something we do this week. We have the culture, the pattern of being excellent, of being diligent, even in the things that seemingly do not matter, because we know you're our boss and you're always watching. We cultivate this habit by the grace and the enablement of Christ consistently in the name of Jesus. And we begin to yield results that are 10 times better in the name of Jesus. In our businesses, we yield results that are 10 times better in the name of Jesus. In our finances, we yield results that are 10 times better in the name of Jesus. In our personal devotion with you, we yield results that are 10 times better in the name of Jesus. In being a wife, in being a husband, in being a mother, and in being a father, we yield results that are 10 times better because we roll the dice in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and declare that as we go forth as kings, the spirit of 10 times better follows us, resides in us, is expressed through us in the mighty name of Jesus because we are diligent, intelligent, committed, competent and excellent in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, can we celebrate God? Thank you for such a powerful word. And can we celebrate the bring out the word, Pastor Dami, for giving us a very, very timely word. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.